are listening to the Bat Flip Podcast, a baseball podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Damian and Matt. Welcome back, everyone, to the Bat Flip Podcast. My name is Damian here with my co-host, Matt, coming to you on April 19th of 2022. Uh, got basically a week and a half into the baseball season so far, so we got some. Uh, we got an extension that happened today. Um, a star player starting a rehab assignment, uh, some unfortunate injury news, uh, and then a couple other little interesting tidbits later on. And then we'll finish up with our players of the week like normal. But before we get into all of that, how are you doing, Matt? Doing good. Uh, I've had a pretty good week and um, it's uh, everything's going well. Um, so ready to talk about some baseball tonight. Yeah, let's well, let's just go ahead and jump right into it and we'll start with um, and the extension that happened actually today as we were recording this, Kyle Freeland signed a five-year, $64.5 million extension uh, that does have a sixth-year option. Now, it's not clear if that's a mutual option or if there's an incentive to a player option, uh, but some sort, for, or some sort of a sixth-year option. Yeah, this is a kind of interesting deal. Um, I, I'm, this is a guy who – it's kind of weird because – um, he had that really good 2018 where he had a sub three ERA pitching in course, which was insane. Uh, his peripherals didn't quite back up the ERA, but they were still really good. You know, middle mid threes, uh, expected numbers. And I mean, he was, he was a really solid pitcher in 2018, but since then it's really not been that great. 2019, he was atrocious and he's also dealt with a lot of injury issues. He hadn't pitched more than 120 innings since that 202 inning, um, you know, output in 2018. So this is a guy who has some talent. Uh, he's obviously showed it before. And, you know, the last couple of years, he's been a uh, low fours ERA type of guy. And I think that's kind of who he is, uh, a low to mid fours ERA. Paying him $11 million a year is, I mean, it's a little sketchy. But, um, you know, Colorado, a low fours ERA is, is pretty solid. So uh, we'll see what they what, what happens here. He's a guy who definitely can get the ball on the ground a pretty good bit. And, um, you know, he's also – he doesn't strike out a ton of guys. If he can get those walks back down some, uh, maybe a little bit more, get a little bit better control going, I think he could, you know, be a pretty solid piece for that price. But, um, you know, this is kind of a uh, – kind of borderline – I'm kind of borderline on whether I like this deal or not. But, uh, you know, Colorado extends a pitcher and – you know, kudos to them for spending money and trying to invest in pit, pitching as well as they can, as best as they can, because it's really hard to do that in Colorado. Yeah, it is an interesting deal, like you said. Um, it's probably a little bit of an overpay at the moment, but you kind of have to do that to get, um, you know, a guy to stay in Colorado. Now they have with this deal, they've locked up the top three in their rotation. You've signed Herman Marquez to a five-year extension. You, uh, I think, just this last year, you signed Anthony or Antonio Sensatella to a five-year extension and now you've signed kyle freeland to a five-year extension um and you basically had failed to do that with john gray but they had, were trying to do that uh, before this last offseason so you know he's a guy who on the road has a career like 396 era so he's obviously a little bit better about a four and a half at coors he was a guy i always thought if he was able to get out of coors he'd be able to probably develop a a uh like a curveball because he's more of just a fastball slider guy uh, would be able to develop a curveball more and be better, but you can't really do that in Colorado because curveballs don't break um, as well there. So maybe he's 
maybe he can help develop a changeup later on. But, you know, it's a little bit of an overpay, but Freeland, he's a solid pitcher, solid back of the rotation guy. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, maybe somebody will take a flyer on him because it's not too expensive of a deal if, if, you know, another team wants to jump on it, you know, a couple years down the road. So not too bad of a deal, but it will be one to see interesting if he, uh, if he can improve to make it look like a better deal um, for the Rockies at least. But uh, let's go ahead and jump over to your Atlanta Braves, actually, and with their superstar, Ronald Acuna, actually starting a rehab assignment tonight in AAA. Yeah, this is very exciting for me. Um, I love Ronald Acuna Jr. He's fantastic for the game of baseball. He's he's an exciting player. He's one of the best players in the game. And getting him back is a gigantic deal, not only for the Braves, but for the game of baseball in general. And, uh, you know, he, he's starting his rehab assignment. He's played uh, – he, he got three plate appearances tonight. And he played, um, you know, played five innings, played outfield. Uh, and – you know, that's fantastic, and everything went pretty well. He went one for three with a, a double that was off the top of the wall, and he also flew out to deep center and hit a rocket ground ball right at somebody. So he's hitting the ball hard already. He's ready to hit. I think he probably could have hit, you know, could be the aging at the big leagues already right now, but uh, they wanted him to, to get some work in in the outfield before they bring him back up. So we'll see how much time they, they take to do that. Um, you know, my assumption is he probably comes up a little bit sooner than the first week of May that they had kind of talked about, uh, maybe even for the homestand that starts on, uh, on Friday, um, you know, maybe the second half of that homestand, uh, they, they could possibly bring him up, but, um, I mean, he looks good. He looks healthy. I know that they're going to want to build up his stamina and stuff and, and, you know, work him in a little bit slowly, but the guy's ready to go. Um, He's he's like a I, I said before the show he's like a he's like a caged tiger that's getting getting the gate open so he's um he's ready to go. Yeah, and it also allows them the benefit now that we have the DH that they don't need to you know run him out every single day in right field for nine innings. Like you can say hey we're gonna let you play a day and then we'll DH you a day or we'll let you play two days and then DH you a day just to get him off his feet a little bit that way, but still get his bat in the lineup. Because like you said, he's looked, you know, through the, the rehab game he had today. And even some of the videos that come out of, I'm just hitting in the cage or just in general, like he looks really healthy. Um, and, and looks like he can still be an impact bat for you right now. You know, you don't have to worry about the knee. He doesn't look like he's favoring it at all. Like he looks a hundred percent. It's just building up the legs to, to withstand an outfield, um, you know, nine innings every single day. I don't think he's quite there yet, but they can use the DH. So that homestand, like you mentioned, a lot of people thought it was going to be a two to three week rehab assignment, you know, first week of May or so, but it does look and sound like he could be back, you know, on Friday or the second half of the homestand. So it's really good for the game of baseball to get Ronald Acuna back. Cause it's like you said, he's one of the most electric players um, to watch. And it's a big bat for that Braves lineup. You know, they, they went on the run and, and, People, I think people just forgot, like, hey, they don't have Ronald Acuna Jr., and they just won the World Series, and they're going to get him back this year. So that's just scary for a team who didn't have him last year. They basically improved their bullpen, and now they're going to get one of the top you know, five to ten players in baseball back in their lineup every single day. That makes a scary sight for teams. So hope uh, hope Ronald comes back pretty healthy and then uh, you know hits the ground running here when he comes, gets back. But 
Uh, let's jump on to some actual injury news in the majors of players uh, getting placed in the IL, and we'll go ahead and start in Toronto with Hunjin Ryu uh, being placed on the IL with left forearm inflammation. Sounds like he might miss two to three starts. Yeah, I'm not super surprised about this. Ryu's really struggled to start the year. Um, you know, he's got a 13 ERA in his first two starts, which obviously small sample size, but uh, definitely possible that something might have been nagging him a little bit there. Hopefully it's just the two to three starts, but this is a guy who's been pretty often injured in the past. So, um, you know, hopefully he comes back after just missing a start or two and it's uh, ready to go. But uh, definitely a, a hurt to the Toronto rotation, but they do have a pretty deep rotation. So I don't think it's the end of the world for them right now. Yeah, I was actually watching – um, a good bit of the game in which he got injured, I believe it was against Texas. And he actually looked really good for the first, like I think it was two or three innings. And then it just kind of seemed like it, everything just hit him at once and it, everything just kind of lost its bite. So I wonder if it's something that just crept up there or if it's something that he's actually been dealing with. But, um, you know, he's dealt with left forearm inflammation or left forearm issues in the past, um, even missed a full season because of it. So, it's it's uh, something that's crept up on him for a while, so hopefully it's it's not a big deal and he's able to come back pretty soon. But I did mention that that Toronto rotation is pretty deep, so they can uh, they can handle the you know the loss of Ryu for a little bit. Uh, but a team that usually or won't be able to really withstand a loss of one of their top rotation uh, arms, and that's the Tigers. They ended up losing Casey Mize to a right elbow strain. Um, don't know the severity of that one just yet, but. Uh, it's a pretty big issue as John Means from the Orioles has a left elbow sprain and they're talking that he could not pitch for the rest of the season. Um, so we're looking at, uh, you know, could be a couple starts, could be a long-term thing with Mize. Uh, but then the Tigers also placed Javi Baez on the IL with right thumb soreness. Yeah, that's a bummer. You know, I'm as somebody that went to Auburn and I was there when Mize was in school. I used to go out and watch him every Friday night in college. And, you know, I've always been a huge fan of his, and it sucks to see him get hurt. Um, he did deal with that injury while he was in college once for, for you know, missed several weeks. Uh, so that, that surprised me a ton. There was some talk about him mechanically when he came up to the big leagues. A few teams were a little bit worried about him, or when he was drafted, a few teams were a little bit worried about him mechanically and causing some in injury issues with that elbow. So uh, that's a bummer to see him get hurt. But hopefully it's a short-term thing. Um, I hope he doesn't need uh, Tommy John. He he's been a little inconsistent since he got up to the big leagues, and uh, you know he just needed. He, but he was good enough to keep staying in that rotation and getting experience, getting innings. And, um, you know, that's really what he needs is just innings in the big leagues. Keep working on it. And, uh, you know, it sucks that he has to go down for a while uh, with that right elbow injury. It's, it's not good. So hopefully it's hopefully there's no structural issues and he can come back soon. But we'll see. So, yeah. And then it's also a big loss um, getting Javi Baez just, um, you know, one of their bigger free agent uh, deals of this offseason, getting him in there. And while he's not the you know the most impactful bat, just having that energy on the field um, for a younger team was was you know good for them. And hopefully that's not a big issue. It doesn't sound like it is. Um, doesn't sound like there's structural damage within the thumb or whatever. I think he just you know bruised a bone or something that way. But um, when we get more information on that one, we'll we'll let you guys know. Um, so we'll move on to the next one. But Jose Altuve, uh, he got a left hamstring strain yesterday. Uh, they're going to take it day by day, but it sounds like it might be an uh, IL situation here in the next couple days. Um, but with having the ability to backdate it, they're going to give it a, a couple days and see if he can bounce back sooner than they what they expect. 
Yeah, I mean, this isn't anything super new for Altuve. Um, he's dealt with some small injuries like this throughout his career. In fact, he's, he hasn't played 150 games since 2017. So, um, you know, he seems to deal with one of these nagging injuries like this for a couple weeks out of the year every year. It just so happens that this year it's early, and hopefully it's not a long-term thing, and uh, maybe maybe he can't avoid the IL, but, you know, with the, with a the hamstring strain, I would assume he probably get, does go on, and it's a close to minimum stay on it but uh we'll see what happens hopefully he comes back and uh you know healthy soon so well let's uh let's go ahead and pivot away from the injury news it's been super negative uh so far to start with but uh let's go to a feel-good story and that's with hunter green um got his second career start this year uh, this week and he did it in los angeles where he's from and actually ended up breaking a Major League Baseball record for the most 100-mile-an-hour or faster pitches in a game. Um, the previous record was from Jacob DeGrom at 33. Hunter Green set the new record at 39, and he did it in five and a third innings. Yeah, I mean, we knew this was coming because Hunter Green, ever since he was in high school ready for the draft, everyone knew this guy throws absolute heat and... Uh, you know, famous for having throwing 100, 200, and 3 in high school and coming up to the minors. His velocity hasn't dipped, and here he is in the big leagues doing it again. So, um, you know, not a, not a surprise. It, it really is phenomenal what he's done, uh, what his talent level is. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see it, and unfortunately, how, how, is, how he holds up physically. Because we've seen that wear and tear from throwing that hard on, on a lot of guys really wear on him. Like you mentioned, Jacob Degrom is one of the, you know, the previous record holder, and he's dealt with so many injuries the last couple of years. So hopefully Hunter Green can stay healthy, and he might just be a unicorn that can do this and not get injured. You know, he might just be that guy. Um, he's, but this is really the upper limit of what a person can handle. And uh, yeah. but man, what a talent this guy is! I know that he. You know, and, and that fastball could be a little flat. He got tagged for some home runs, I know, but um, he's um, he's got he's such a talent. He's he's gonna be if he can keep working on that fastball, the shape of it just a little bit. He can he could be uh, insanely good. So uh, definitely just a phenomenal talent. It was it was really electric to watch. Um, he did it against the Dodgers, so I was watching the game um, basically from the first pitch and. Every time that he was up on the mound, I wanted to, to, you know, to make sure I was paying attention to the game and, and see what he could do. Um, it was really, really fun, and, and he threw a couple good breaking balls in there. Um, so, like you said, the the fastball was a little flat, so it did get tagged a little bit. But if he can work on, you know, being able to keep them off of that just a little bit, um, develop the breaking pitches a little bit more, maybe even a change up in there, um, just help people get off the sniff of that fastball. Um, you know, he's going to, he's going to go on to do bright things and he's still so young. We saw DeGrom, you know, continue to get velocity later on and become better as you, um, you know, you've harnessed that and you learn how to use your velocity on your other pitches as well. So if, if green can, you know, kind of mold himself into, to learning how to get that velocity quicker than DeGrom did, um, you know, he's going to, he's going to be a stud for a long, long time, but uh, let's move on to the next one, and, and it's something that we had known or we knew was coming um, because it was announced within the CBA that teams were going to now be allowed to have uniform patches or sell an area of the uniform 
um, for patches starting in 2023. And we got our first announcement today of a team uh, getting their first sponsor, and that was with the San Diego Padres, um, agreeing with Motorola to be the smartphone uh, technology place of the Padres. Uh, and that's going to start in 2023 with a right uh, sleeve patch. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, you know, honestly, I, this kind of went over my head that they had agreed to this. Um, you know, it, sometimes it, you know, hopefully it stays just to a really small sleeve patch or something. Because, um, you know, I know that, you know, they got this in the NBA now and you barely even notice it. But uh, and I don't think you would really notice it that much on a sleeve patch. But, you know, I don't want it to be like soccer where you've got like the entire uniform is just sponsors. So um, but, uh, you know, it's something that I like the classic look of baseball and the teams having their, you know, their iconic uniforms. And um, I don't especially love it. But I mean, I know that, you know, these teams want as much money as they can get. And if it's something small and out of the way, then it's, you know, it's not that big of a deal, but uh, definitely not my favorite thing to hear today. So, yeah. And I don't know if you've seen the pictures of it. It is massive. Like, yeah, I've is, seen it. It is a big, big logo there. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if it's like all teams have to do it on the right sleeve or if, if it's like each team can do their own thing. Um, but hopefully it's not like, hey, this is the how it, how big it has to be because that was a ma- it takes up almost the whole sleeve, like it was pretty big. And the Padres missed a prime opportunity to have UPS sponsor them since they already look yeah. like them anyways. Uh, they missed the prime opportunity for that one. But uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next scenario or our next story, sorry, um, and that's with Jake Arrieta calling it a career. Yeah, Jake Arrieta was is such an interesting career. Uh, his big league career only lasted, you know, uh, twelve years, which that's a long time. But for a guy who had the peak that he had and didn't deal with injuries, it's it's interesting. Um, obviously, you know, the story is well known. He started with the Orioles, was really, really, really rough with them. Then the Cubs, you know, traded for him, got him for really not much, and. Um, he figured it out when he got to Chicago. They, they helped him out and he figured it out. And he was 20, 2015 was one of the best seasons the Cubs have ever had from a pitcher won the Cy Young award. Uh, and he continued to be a pretty good pitcher for them. Not as elite as he was in 2015, but he continued to be a pretty good pitch, pitcher for them until he signed with the Phillies where it was an absolute disaster. Um, so, you know, 2021, he started off with, uh, back in Chicago, wasn't it? Um, and then uh, he he really struggled went to the Padres because they're, they had a bunch of rotation injuries and was even worse there, and uh, you know he just didn't have it anymore. But uh, definitely, congrats to Jacob Jake Arrieta on a really good career. Um, you know those years with the Cubs really really helped them to that World Series that they won, and uh, I think a lot of Cubs fans will never forgive forget that and, uh, the fact that he. Um, has good how good he was for the that two or three year stretch in in the mid to 2010s so uh congrats to him on just a great career yeah especially the back half of that 2015 season um i remember it because he threw the no hitter against la in la was like one of the big kickoffs to it and then down the stretch they were um it was like a three horse cy young race between zach Grinky, kershaw and arietta um, and I remember being so mad because I was like, Grinky absolutely should win this. 
And then like you see once the season finished and you go look at it and you're like, oh, Arietta just had like the greatest second half of all time. Like his second half ERA was like a point seventy five, um, like a one forty eight batting average against a two oh four on base and a two oh five slugging. Like he gave up his slugging percentage against was like point oh oh one higher than his on base in the second half. Like he was just unbelievable. The 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 sinker to the slider to everything he was doing that that second half of twenty fifteen and then into twenty sixteen where he had, you know a really good season that year as well with a 310 ERA helped lead them to the world series, him and John Lester um, really good career. You know, one, like you mentioned, once he got to Chicago, he really took off there. Um, and then the decline, you kind of started seeing it that last year and then he went to Philadelphia and it just went off the train tracks there, but really good year or a really good career for Jake Arietta, um, And one that, will be uh you know was pretty fun to watch when he was out there and, and on he was he was pretty fun uh, another guy that decided to announce his retirement that we wanted to mention as well um not as big of a story as jake arietta but that's tony watson um uh, you know long time just kind of middle reliever never really took over a closers role i believe he only had like 32 career saves um but a guy who had 246 career holds um throughout his career a 200 or 2.9 era on his career um just one of the most steady left-handed relievers that you could count on to come in and get high leverage outs for quite a while yeah i mean tony watson's a guy who had a couple of insanely good years 2015 or 2014 he had a 163 era in 77 innings i mean that is like elite level relief work and his peripherals didn't match up 163 but they were good too uh, 2015 was almost as good. Um, you know, over the last, he had, you know, as any reliever that's not some like super like Hall of Fame level reliever has, every reliever has a little bit of variation. He only, he had a couple years of that. He had a couple years of you know mid three ZRA, and he had a couple years of four plus ERA. But um, you look at this last year, I'm I'm a little surprised he retired because last year after getting traded back to the Giants where he, he spent the first half of last year in LA with the, uh, with the uh, angels. And after getting traded back to the Giants, he was actually really good down the stretch for them. And 24 innings had a 296 ERA. So I'm a r- little bit surprised that nobody really signed him and he didn't any, you know, he retired. Cause I mean, you know, his ERA projection this year from some of the you know projection systems was, you know, in the mid threes. So, I mean, there's a lot of teams that could use that, but obviously he, he didn't really want to take a, you know, non-guaranteed deal or, or something. And he's, you know, 37 years old. So, um, you know, he decided to call it quits, but a good career for Tony Watson, um, really solid reliever, probably hurt a little bit by the three batter rule too, is he's, a, he's always been a guy that they counted on to get lefties out. Um, yeah. so that three batter rules, this is the type of guy that hurts, but, um, you know, solid pitcher, did a good job, had a good career. So, is it time to really start dunking on Rob Manfred again for these stupid rules? <laughs> Already. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess <laughs> we gave him like a three episode break. Like, we can get back to it, right? Yeah. Well, we can. Let's just let's just leave it because next year uh, we're going to be talking about oh, it about God. every day how oh. bad the rules are going to be. But oh God, don't even get me started. Yeah, we're gonna need we're gonna need to appreciate the rules that we have <laughs> this year. <laughs> Oh, I know. Pass and drop something today about the pitch clock, and I just didn't even want to read it already. Yeah. So um, let's go ahead and jump over now. Uh, and we wanted to do a thing where we're going to 
each pick a couple teams that we feel started really well and then a couple teams that we each failed could be better um, or are worse than what we kind of expected uh, to start the season off. Uh, I'll go ahead and start with my first one, and then we'll jump to you for your first one, and we'll go back and forth that way. Um, the first team that I think uh, it's not, I don't know if it's really a surprise, but it's that I think a lot of people expected them to stumble early on. And that was the Mets um, just because like, Hey, they weren't having Jacob DeGrom. Like we didn't know what kind of Max Scherzer we were going to get because he was dealing with the hamstring um, issue. Like Carrasco is, he was struggled at times last year and then looked really good at other times. Tywin Walker has already kind of been, banged up as it is so we didn't know what their starting rotation was going to look like um then there was the question marks of like is Lindor going to bounce back like how's Marte and how's um Canna and Eduardo Escobar going to fill in and all the guys have filled in really well um the rotation's been really good led by Tyler McGill um in his first two starts I believe he went like 10 innings didn't give up any um any runs he got lit up for four in the first two innings today and then settled in um, and had a really strong second half of that outing. Um, Max Scherzer's looked pretty good like Max Scherzer has. Carrasco's looked insane with his first couple starts compared to last year. Um, and overall, I just think the, the Mets have, you know, they've got off to a hotter start than, you know, most of us expected right away just because of the, uh, the question marks kind of coming in around the rotation and how those guys were going to kind of fit in there. Yeah, uh, you know, the Mets... They are off to a great start. I mean, the, the competition they've played so far, they've gotten the, the Diamondbacks and the uh, Nationals already, So and as, as long, along with the Phillies. So they haven't played the best competition yet. Till now, I mean, the Giants are pretty good. So, uh, you know, impressive for them to win that game today. And, and it looks like they're winning game two today as well. But um, definitely a good start for the for the Mets. Um, you know, the first the first team I was going to pick was uh, – how about the Oakland A's? I mean, everyone talked about how horrible they were going to be and how they were going to lose 120 games and all this stuff, which, you know, they probably still will. But to start the season, they haven't been all that bad. Um, you know, they've been – they're 5-5, five and five, I believe. Uh, they won a series against the Rays, which is pretty impressive. Um, they've had some pretty good contributions from, uh, from Elvis Andrews. Uh, shockingly, his plate discipline numbers have been great. Um Tony Kemp's been pretty good. Sean Murphy's had a good start. They needed that bad. Um, and then, um, you know, I think Christian Pache's done some good things for them so far. So that's a really nice thing for them to see because, you know, that's a guy who, you know, they, they need Christian Pache and, and part of that return to be uh, to be really good. So, uh, and then you look at their pitching and, and obviously Frankie Montas, no surprise, he's been really solid. But Paul Blackburn's had a really good start. His first couple starts have been, really good so uh you know obviously it's early and it's the first week of the season and none of this really matters that much anyways but you know a pretty good start for the a's some of their guys that you know they needed to step up to have a somewhat competitive team have stepped up a lot so uh, you know we'll see what happens going forward they're not going to be good i'm not changing my prediction of them losing a ton of games but you know they have had a pretty good start so uh still a bit of a feel good story for them to start the year yeah, and they've played um, like most of the time. You would be able to see like, hey, if a team's playing hard or they're not. Like they've actually played really hard. They played the Dime or the Phillies tough. Um, they played the Toronto, uh, the Blue Jays really tough. I think they even snuck, um, I believe, two games out of that one. I could be wrong, but 
they've played people really tough. And, and for a team that you had saw people, you know, a lot of that they've had this lot of roster turnover already, trading Matt Olson, trading Matt Chapman, trading Sean Manaya, the rumors around Frankie Montas, they're a team that's already coming out and playing hard. Um, and, and that's really good to see um, because, you know, we thought they were just going to be one of the rollover teams um, so far. But still expect them to lose a lot of games, but it is, it is encouraging to see that the fight that they've had so far to start the year. Um, but the, the next team that I wanted to talk about was the Colorado Rockies. Um, I think they've really surprised a lot of people with the, uh, you know, the amount of offense that they've had. Now they have played a lot in Coors so far, so that does help. But, you know, right now they're leading baseball in OPS or uh, yeah, in OPS. They're leading baseball on average. They are top five in on base percentage and they are top of the board of slugging. So, I mean, that, that a little does help with, um, with Coors Field and the, the air there. But, yeah, you know, guys like Connor Joe's looked really good. Bryant's looked really good. Um, Gritchick's been pretty good for them as well. They, you know, they, we talked about them signing Freeland. They signed McMahon. He's looked pretty decent. I think he hit his first home run um, just yesterday. But, or maybe that was on Sunday. But, uh, you know, they've really overperformed what people thought. I mean, they are, you know, they're, they're seven and three second in the division right now still tied with with san francisco but i think a lot of people expected them you know they they took the opening series against the dodgers they beat them two out of three there um i believe they split the series with the cubs i think it was a four game and they split that and i think they've beat the phillies the first two games of that series so it's uh they've been pretty fun to watch offensively the pitching's been good enough to hold them around and it'll be interesting to see how that goes through a full season yeah that's uh that they had, that is a good start for them. I mean, um, you know, obviously, like you say, the pitching's a big deal, and I really think their bullpen's going to be the bigger deal on the pitching end because I, I honestly think their starting pitching is okay. I think that bullpen's going to be their downfall. They just don't have a lot of pieces there, um, you know. And even though they their rotation for a Colorado rotation is not bad, but uh, the next team I was going to pick, uh, about the Cubs start? I, I still don't think the Cubs are all that good, but. Uh, you know, I wanted to talk about them. Seiya Suzuki has really carried this team so far. Uh, already put up a full win above replacement. He's been extremely good with his plate discipline and walking a lot. He's also hit for power. He's shown the ability to, to hit to all fields. He, he actually looks like the real deal. You know, I was obviously a skeptic of him, but so far he's proven me wrong. I'll, uh, I'll definitely definitely willing to admit that because, you know, he's been, he's been really solid. Um... You know, and their offense in general has been pretty good. Wilson Contreras has had a good start to the season. Uh, you know, he's he's been solid. Uh, and Jonathan VR has been pretty good. Ian Happ has had a pretty good start. You know, and some of these guys like Contreras and Happ have been inconsistent players who can be really good, but aren't always really good. Um, so, but but they've been they've been solid so far this year. Um, you know, pitching wise, they've had some good contributions from a couple guys. Keegan Thompson has pitched extremely well. He's actually a relief, been relieving, but he's already pitched almost 10 innings. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he hasn't given up a run yet, which is really nice. Drew Smiley has been pretty solid for them. Surprisingly, um, he's put up a, you know, pretty good number so far, but, um, you know, we'll see what happens to this team going forward. I, I still don't believe in their pitching at all. 
Um, I think their bullpen, is, I think their bullpen is, is pretty bad. Their starting rotation is horrible, and I don't think their lineup is deep enough. I, I don't think obviously Suzuki's not going to keep up this pace. He might keep up a really good pace the way he's looked, but I don't think Jonathan VR is going to keep hitting for a 192 WRC plus. Um, I don't think Patrick Wisdom is going to be a league average hitter. Jan Gomes has had a pretty good start. I mean, at, I, I truly don't think that these guys are going to be as good as they've been so far. So, uh, but uh, it's it's a good start for them, and and you know it's you know I, I know that they'll um, you know they might be a little bit better than we expected them to be. Yeah, the fighting Seiya Suzuki's have been pretty interesting to watch the first uh, first couple weeks of the season. You're talking about looking at, at average. We were talking about the Rockies leading it. The the Cubs are second in yeah. baseball on average right now. They are second in on base percentage. They are third in slugging percentage, and they are um, what is that? And they're right near the top of OPS as well. So, like, the offense has been really good. The the pitching, Strowman's looked decent. Hendricks has had a couple good starts and a couple, or he had a couple good starts and then an iffy start. Um, Justin Steele has looked really good for them as well. Um, Justin Steele so, get lit up tonight though. Uh, well, we're recording. I mean, I we're we're, we're recording as it goes. I, I got you, but I saw him on there, and I was like, "Hey, he's pretty good." And then I looked at the what's going on right now, and I'm like, "Oh, maybe not." Yeah, what <laughs> what has he done tonight? Where's he just at? two two and two thirds innings, four runs. I mean, not not anything earth shatteringly bad, but you know, compared to the 193 ERA he started the night with, it's gonna it's 450 now. But yeah, they've put Jesse Chavez in the game, so you know it's over now. Um, but you know, that's, that's world champion yeah. Jesse Chavez. Do you? That's that's seven seventy three ERA this season so far, Jesse Chavez. Yeah, so okay. we'll we'll let that one stand. But um, you know, you said we say has been incredible. Like to start the season, he probably comes da- back down to earth some. Um, you know, they have had guys like VR who he's not starting every day, but he's had a good start to the season. Nick Madrigal's really struggled. Um, to begin with, he's hit a lot of balls, you know, for him hard, and, but he's just hit them right at people. Those will start going through a little bit more. He'll get a little bit more of those flare shots to, to dunk out in the outfield. Um, so they're going to be a little bit worse. They're not going to be a top five offensive team, but I think they might be better than offensively, at least as than most people thought they'd be. Um, I think a lot of the, the stuff we've seen, you can have, you can, count on happening um for them a lot of it you know i think it'll be more consistent than people realize the rotation it's going to be it's going to be question marks once you get outside of of hendrix and stroman um and the bullpen they do have some nice pieces david robertson's looked really nice so far Givens has looked pretty good um but they do have guys like jesse chavez who are not looked great so um you know they're a team that I, I feel can can fight for a 500 record, maybe a little bit below um, 500, being a, if things hit right. But um, as long as they have Seiya Suzuki, they're going to win every single game in my eyes because uh, he's been amazing, and I am a I'm going to be a big supporter, and you're going to hear me brag about him a lot um, on this one. But let's go ahead and move over to a couple teams that we think you know should have maybe started better or just have disappointed us to to begin with. Um, and I'll go ahead and go first, and that's with the Texas Rangers. Um, they were the big, big spenders of the offseason, getting, um, you know, Corey Seager, getting Marcus Simeon, getting John Gray. I don't think any of us really expected them to be a playoff team. 
Um, but I think they've just underwhelmed. Simeon's really struggled to start the season. Um, I think believe they just got John Gray off the IL today for the start. Um, Seegers looked really well. Um, Joe Madden thinks he was Barry Bonds and intentionally walked him with the bases loaded on Thursday, which was hilarious watching Mike Trout's reaction from the outfield to him realizing the bases were loaded and then walking Seeker. But um, you know, overall, I just Texas has just disappointed so far. Um, you know, I think we expected them to be pretty bad pitching, but I think we expected better offensive numbers, and we just haven't got it yet. Yeah, I mean, it hurts them that you know, Simeon's been so bad, but we kind of talked about how they needed a lot to go right in that lineup outside of those two for, for it to have any depth to it. Cause I mean, this is a team that was so barren and, and then they signed two players that were really good. Like, so, uh, but we'll see I, if I'm not mistaken, Simeon actually started slow for the first week last year and then he almost won MVP. So, Maybe he'll turn it around and get John Gray back. He helps them because, like you said, that pitching rotation has been horrible. And, uh, you know, that he's really their only established starter that they have. So, uh, you know, getting him back is going to help some. But uh, they're not a 2-7 and seven team, uh, you know, going forward. But they're probably a below 500 team right now as it is. But, um, but yeah, so uh, my first team I wanted to talk about is, well, well my team, the Braves. They've been really rough so far um they they they've played a a pretty easy schedule um for the first week and they were the only two victims of the cincinnati reds on the season so far in the opening series they split a four game series with the reds and they dropped a series at home to the nationals i mean that you cannot let that happen if you're gonna repeat and win the division for the fifth straight year um you know it's just it's one of those things that this division's so tight that you have to take advantage of games against the Nationals and, you know, the, the, the teams that are not very good. And the Braves haven't done that so far. So uh, now, you know, you end up getting it. You're going to put yourself in a big hole because now you play in the Padres and the Dodgers for, for, you know, seven games, which they split the series with the Padres. But playing the Dodgers is, uh you know, they've already lost the first game of that one. So, um, you know, uh, some, some it, Braves have been interesting. Uh, they've had some bad luck on balls in play so far. Uh, only a two, uh, only a uh, two seventy nine Babbitt, which is really low. But uh, you know they've had a real top heavy lineup. Olson, Riley, Albies, Ozuna have all been really, really, really good. And but beyond that, it's been not good. Uh, Dansby Swanson's been one of the worst hitters in baseball so far. Uh, he's striking out forty three percent of the time, which is just pathetic. Um, Eddie Rosario has been awful as well. So they really need Ronald Acuna back. And as we talked about earlier, that's coming. Uh, the pitching rotation has been inconsistent. It's it's kind of funny. Kyle Wright has looked like the best pitcher in the on the team and, and one of the best pitchers all around so far, which is kind of crazy. Um, but, you know, had some bad luck on the mound too. Um, Max Freed has had some bad luck. So far, a 201 FIP, a 573 ERA in his first couple starts. But, uh, you know, you kind of look at, um, you know, they've been walking a ton of guys. The 9% team walk rate, they need to, they need to work on that and, and improve that number. But uh, I think they'll be okay. But like I said, you know, when you're in a division as tough as this division is with three legit contenders and one French contender here, you, you just you got to gotta find a way to um, – 
you know, you got to find a way to win those games, take advantage of games when you're playing against poor competition, like they were the first week. And you know, starting off five and seven is not very good. So they need to they need to get better. And they will. Um, like you said, the pitching had, has kind of struggled to begin with. You're going to get Acuna back, so that's going to that's going to help a bunch. Um, you're going to get the the rotation's going to come around. Like Max Freed's going to be. Um, you know, the Max Reed we expect Morton will, will be pretty consistent. Like I, the Braves will turn it around easy. They have the bullpen. They have the offensive pieces. It's just about finding their, finding their lane and, and getting it clicking. But uh, the, the second team I wanted to talk about that was been really struggling so far. And, and you mentioned them there and, and that's the Cincinnati Reds. Um, they won two of the three against the Braves uh, to start with. And then, um, they've basically they've lost everything since I, I actually went to the game on Thursday where they were playing um, against L.A. It was Jackie Robinson Day and they were just it was just awful to watch. The The Dodgers ended up sweeping them the, on the series. Um, it doesn't help that they lost Jonathan India um, the first game. Or, sorry, I went on Friday um, that they lost Jonathan India on Thursday um, with the hamstring strain as well. And then I believe even Moustakis got injured. Um, I believe it was Sunday that he had came out or maybe it was yesterday, but, uh, their offense is just horrid, horrid. Like they, they do not even look competitive up there at the plate right now. Just, they have no idea what's going on. Like, uh, they're pitching. Like we talked about Hunter green. He was good for a while and then he's going through his rookie, um, you know, the rookie bumps. You had Tyler Molle, who looked really good in his first start, looked really good for the first couple innings against Los Angeles. And then I think it was he gave up like six or seven in the one inning and they just kind of like left him out there to, to take it on Sunday. Um, so it, they've just been so bad. And I, I knew they were going to be bad when they were trading everybody away, but I just, I didn't think it would be the level of what we're seeing right now. Like I, I thought they'd be at least somewhat competitive. And then watching the first series against the brave, I was Braves. I was like, man, they, they might be better than what I thought. And then now they're just like, this is worse than what I thought they were going to be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it it's been um, it's been a struggle for the Reds, and uh, you know they they it doesn't help that they have injuries. I mean, Luis Castillo not being there. Um, I mean, you know they, they their number two pitcher so far has been like Vladimir Gutierrez. I mean, it's yeah. you know you, you're not going to do very well when that's going on. Um, but my uh, my next team. Um, you know, that's disappointed has been the Phillies. Um, you know, the Phillies are a team that a lot of people were high on. And, you know, I kind of said that I thought the defense was going to be a problem. And, well, the defense has been a problem. And uh, <laughs> it's been really, really, really rough. Uh, as a team, they're already negative defensive value. Um, they, it's, this team is, this team is just, I mean, Alec Bohm made three errors in an inning the other day, you know, or two, two innings or whatever it was. Um, and they've been they've been awful defensively. If you look at their their pitchers, um, you know, their ERA is a full point higher than their FIP, which typically means bad luck or bad defense behind them. So that's been a problem for them. Um, they've gotten really rough starts from Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, which has been bad for them. Kyle Gibson's actually been their best pitcher so far. Um, 
and then you look at their uh, you look at their lineup, and this is the surprising thing. You were were expecting them to have some you know super good lineup and, and everything, but uh, and some of them are, are better than they've played so far. They'll get going, but Kyle Schwarber has a 42 WRC plus so far. Um, you know Bryson Stott, who they brought up to play, you know be an everyday player uh, as a rookie, has had a had a rough start. He's got a negative seven WRC plus. Um, you know, and then guys like, you know, Didi Gregorius and has struggled a little bit. Bryce Harper has been okay. He hasn't been normal Bryce Harper, but he's been pretty decent. Um, and, and they have had some, he has had some low Babbitt luck, but, uh, you know, this just, this team's just not been, not been good so far. They, they've, they've had a really rough start. They're playing in Colorado too right now. So, uh, I believe last night they got shut out Colorado actually, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I might have, unless I missed them score at the end or something, but um, yeah, they got beat four to one. They scored in the eighth inning, got beat four to one in Colorado last night. So, you know, they've been, they've really struggled to start the season and uh, you know, we'll see what happens with them going forward. They're not going to be this bad defensively, uh, but they have to pick it up off, or offensively. I mean, they, they're going to have to pick it up. The pitchers are going to have to pitch better because, you know, at a certain point, if your pitchers are giving up a lot of hard hit balls and your defense is bad, that's a recipe for disaster. So uh, we'll see what happens there, but uh, definitely an interesting team to look at. Uh, they really need their guys to get going, though. Yeah, the offensive woes can't happen if you know your team's going to be so bad defensively, and in the, your whole your whole game plan coming into the year was we're just going to score a ton of runs to help try and make up for that. Um, and Schwarber's been. You know, really bad to start the season. He'll go on a hot streak at some point. Um, Harper will go on a hot streak. Like Castellano, like when they go on to a hot streak, they're going to score like eight runs a game, and it's going to be fun to watch. But then you're going to have you know stretches of time where you're going to get this type of production from them. Um, you know, and then when that slumps, the defense is going to slump because they're just focusing on what they can do to for the hitting side. So, you know, it is it is a lot worse than what we expected, but it will turn around eventually. Like. They just got to get it going, um, and, and they will with the track records of the the names in that lineup. So, I'll look at that. But let's go ahead and jump over to the players of the week segment um, that usually will wrap up our shows on the uh, on, throughout the season. And um, the, for this week, we're going to basically take from the beginning of the season through uh, through last night's stats. Um, but who do you got for your hitter so far? So my hitter so far, I know it sounds like homerism, but it's not because he has the highest war in baseball so far. And it's Matt Olson. In his first 12 games as a Brave, he's hit 452 with a 566 on base and a 714 slugging percentage. Uh, put up over one wins above one above replacement already. Um, and you know the thing that stands out to me with Matt Olson is the plate discipline is so good. Uh, he walks. Uh, he's walking over 20% of the time right now. And if you watch him, he's taking a lot of close pitches and you know taking taking them for balls. And it, it's been really really fun to watch that. Uh, hit a couple of home runs. He's hit the ball really hard. He's actually gotten unlucky on some some balls he's hit. But um, definitely definitely a great start for him to his Braves tenure. Uh, and you know we'll see if he's able to keep it going. He's really carried the Braves offense so far with it. You know he's he's been. And obviously he's carried the National League as he's got the highest war. But, um, you know, we'll see. Hopefully he can keep that up going forward. Yeah, we knew we knew Olsen was going to be really good when he got there. Um, 
and he's living up to the hype and the plate discipline has been really, um, really good to see from him so far. Um, you know, my player, I wanted to go with Seiya. We talked a lot about it or a lot about him so far. Um, so I didn't pick him, but I do want to mention him with the four homers, 11 RBIs, the plate discipline, walking 23% of the time now striking out 23% of the time still, but, um, you know, 429 average or 564 on base, 929 slugging. Like he's, you know, 0.1 off being the one of the major league leaders with war um, behind Matt Olson with a full win already. So wanted to mention him, but the player I ended up going with was Owen Miller. Um, not many people will know that name, um, but he actually came to the Cleveland Guardians as a part of the Mike Clevenger trade. The, uh, the big name being Josh Naylor in that one with Cal Quantrill. Uh, Gabriel Arias and then Miller at the time was like the the fourth rated player in that trade um, and so far to start off the season he's had he's batted 500 with a 544 or four, 545 on base with a 964 slugging um, 0.9 uh, you know on his war so far he's hit a couple homers nine uh, nine runs seven RBIs you know 15% strikeout rate 12% walk rate like it's been really fun to watch Owen Miller so far guy will not keep up a pace anywhere near this and probably won't even be an, an everyday starter as I think they called up um they end up calling up Gabriel Arias for tomorrow's double header so um a guy who might not even be starting much longer but he's been uh he's been one of the the best players offensively in baseball so far so I wanted to give him his nod because I don't think many people will uh will know the name and I don't know how much we're going to hear about it going forward yeah, so uh, definitely, definitely a good call there. He, he's been really solid for them, and if he keeps playing like that, then Gabriel Laurie is not going to take his place. But, yeah. um, but anyways, but yeah, uh, the guy I I wanted to pick for my pitcher um, was uh, Sean Mania. Um, you know, I had a, there were a few options, good options there, but um, you know, Sean Mania is a guy who got traded like the week before the season and went to San Diego and immediately came in and made a first impression by almost throwing a no-hitter, getting pulled during a no-hitter, um, and which was incredible, his first start for the Padres. Um, and since then, he's still been really good. Um, you know, one of the things that's that's been rough for him in the past has been the home run ball. It's kind of held him back some. But so far this year, not a lot of home runs. Uh, he's cut that by – and obviously home runs are something that's very – um, you know, it's a very uh, uh, volatile stat. So small sample size is a gigantic part of that. But his first three starts, uh, 142 ERA, uh, 257 FIP. He's been really solid. 19 innings in those three starts. So he's averaging six innings a start. I think he leads the majors in innings pitched, if I'm not mistaken, so far. And uh, that's something that they really need from him is to, to throw a lot of innings, especially the rotation that's already got – you know, some injuries with Clevenger still being out, and, um, you know, then they traded away Chris Paddock and, uh, you know, they, they definitely are counting on this guy to, to give them some really good innings. Snell's injured. Um, they, they're counting on him and, and he's delivered so far. We'll see if he's able to continue delivering as we go forward through the rest of the season. Yeah. Manai is a guy I think will, will be pretty good, um, for them. He's really good in Oakland. And then now in San Diego, I think getting him into a place where they will be consistently in the playoff run and a lot more is expected. Also playing for Bob Melvin still, um, he knows what to expect and he knows when he can push Manaya and when not to. Um, so I, I look for him to keep, keep doing, uh, really good things and, and playing in the NL West where lefty pitchers are, you know, they usually are, uh, are pretty good. 
um, with with three really hitter friendly ballparks there. But uh, the the pitcher I wanted to go with this week, and I'm gonna jump on where you did offensively, go homerism. I'm gonna do that on the pitcher side, um, and I'm gonna go with Andrew Heaney. I mentioned him last week a little bit as he was pitching while we were playing or while we were podcasting, and. He backed it up with another really good start against the Reds this week. Now, his first two starts have come against the Twins and the Reds, so take it all with a grain of salt. But in 10 innings so far, he has a 13.94, uh, you know, Ks per nine, which that won't that won't uh, stay there. But he hasn't allowed a run, and I think on his new slider or whatever it is, he's got 23 whiffs so far um, in the 10 in, 10 and a third innings he's pitched. Um, just looked really good. A 45% ground ball rate, zero home runs given up, like with zero runs, but a, a 1.16 FIP. So he's still been pitching really well. Um, tons, tons of strikeouts. Like the the slider has looked really good um, for a guy who doesn't have an overpowering fastball. At you know he, his right now his average velocity is 91.7 um, to get the amount of Ks that he's getting on the the slider and even. You know, quite a few have come off the fastball as well, just getting people off that slider. It's been really, really fun to watch. Um, and I hope that he, uh, he is able to at least continue somewhat of this pace and not get back to the guy who got DFA'd last year by the Yankees um, and makes me look like a fool and that I have to buy his jersey when he wins the Scion this year. Yeah, he's been really good. They actually wrote a article of Fangraphs today. I think it's Jay Jaff about his slider that you're talking about. So, um, you know, definitely a guy who has had some really good uh, peripheral stats in the past, and some of the advanced metrics on on his specific on his stuff have looked really good. He's been able to miss some bats in the past, and uh, you know the Dodgers felt like they could hone that in a little bit. We'll see if he's able to keep it going, or if teams are maybe a little surprised by the difference and, and figure him out. But uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see going forward. But maybe the Dodgers might have found another another pitcher there that, that that'll do well. So. Yeah, and even if they can get him to a like you know a three and a half four ERA guy, I think they'll they'll take that all day long. Oh yeah, but, no doubt. But uh, you know, I think that's gonna wrap it up for this show. Unless you got anything else, I don't think so. Uh, just uh, looking forward to uh, you know a lot of baseball to be played. It's, we've only got two weeks down, uh, and, and you, you, you got to remember these games. I was, I was talking about with the Braves. These games are important early in the season because. You know, obviously it's not the end-all, be-all, but these games count the same as the games in the last week. And, you you know, you want to get off to a good start. You want to take advantage of playing teams that aren't going to be very good this year. Um, you're you're going to want to compete. If you're playing big, you can be playing big division games this year. And, and you know, you, at the end of the day, if, it's, if you lose the division or win the division by one game, make the playoffs, miss the playoffs by one game, you know, that game could have been that game on opening day that you blew. You know, it, it counts the same. So, um, you know, obviously momentum's a big deal and peaking at the right time's a big deal and all, but uh, definitely you want to see, um, you know, it's, it's, these games are all important just as the games late are important. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully we see fewer injuries happening than what happened this week. But, um, you know, I'm uh, excited to see what happens going forward. Yeah, we got some some big series coming up as well. You mentioned the the Braves and Dodgers one right now. Then the Dodgers go play um, San Diego uh, this weekend, so that's going to be a, a really fun one. That series is always pretty intense. And then some other some other bigger ones around um, this throughout this weekend. So it's going to be really fun to watch throughout the week because uh, high intensity games. And then you mentioned like the games 
a lot of people think about the games later on in the season. They matter more. It's just when the race is tightened up. Like you can not have as close of a race if you perform better early in the season. And these games where you say they don't matter as much. Uh, I think that's one thing that's always irritated me is people are like, oh, well, it's just the first couple weeks. Like this doesn't matter. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, they do matter. Like, you know, if you lose a game by, or if you lose the division by one game and you've mailed in a game earlier this year, you know, and you were just like, oh, it doesn't really matter. And then you lost that. It's like, that would be kind of frustrating. And, and in the long haul, I, you know, they matter more. The, the same, every game matters. So, but, uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the bat flip podcast. Thanks for, thank you guys for tuning in and we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks everybody.